Well, hi there, and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, second episode for the year. Thanks for joining us last week. Uh, great to hear all the feedback and uh, commentary around uh, the welcomes back. It was uh, warming of the uh, podcast heart to uh, hear everyone back engaged and also to see uh, a number more people joining the Teeps. The Teeps that starts this week with the Sony Magic Mike is on board and he has spent an inordinate amount of time preparing the Data Lake this week. So we look forward to going through the Data Lake because we know that you love the Data Lake and can't wait to get his tips. Based on last week, he's on a roll. So uh, let's bring him in. Magic Mike, how are you? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, you've had a busy week since uh, last Tuesday night when we recorded episode one for 2023. Uh, once again, uh, just going down there, keeping on top of <laughs> keeping on top of cheese operations on King Island. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I actually, it's, it's the it's the fourth time I've been to the island, and it's the first time I've been to the <laughs> to the cheese operations. You- <laughs> <laughs> I've played golf there four down, been down to play golf four times, and it's the first time I've visited the cheese shop. I just want to get in early with a shout out to one of our very loyal listeners, uh, Pult, who uh, always is very kind in his um, reposting of the episodes and letting everyone know that uh, it's time to listen. And he's, he's a great uh, supporter of us. Uh, he did repost about last week's episode, and he did say, I wasn't sure if it was a whack, I think it was a compliment 50% golf, 50% cheese. <laughs> and here we have, we've, like, we've like unloaded with the cheese already. Um, That's it. And someone else did. Uh, did have a crack at you uh, when you were down there. You went to the to the King Island Cheese Factory and you did post a picture of your cheese sampling and, and they said, oh, pretty measly cheese sample down there at King Island. Oh, <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, no. uh, Dave, uh, uh, Darren Zakharov, sorry, um, <laughs> said uh, pretty, pretty, me- pretty measly sample. Well, and, and I didn't, I, I actually walked in and it was at the end of the trip because um as everyone knows it's listened to the show before my first stop when i get off the plane into king island is wickham so i drive straight up to wickham which is 40 minutes north of of town so day one i didn't get anywhere near the cheese store but day two once i'd played i'd actually played ocean dunes twice and nine holes at the local course i had enough time to quickly shoot over to the the cheese store for the first time but when i walked in it was very busy and they do a free cheese sampling so yes they were smaller portions but it was it's all free um i think it was six different types of cheese but um i got talking to a gentleman behind me in the store i haven't told you this i was wearing my beth page black polo shirt and i hear this guy this american voice from the back of the store here for the golf and i'm like oh hey uh yep yeah i'm here to play golf i hadn't even told the girls in the store who i was yet because they've never met me and um he's chatting away and we're talking about golf and this and that and he was on, he was on he was on the golf trip of golf trips he was there with his wife and son and they'd just been in sydney and played new south wales and somewhere else and they were trying to play eleonora and couldn't get on but had then come down to Melbourne, played Royal Melbourne, Kingston Heath. I think they played the National. Then they'd flown down to King Island. We're playing Wickham Ocean Dunes. Then they're flying to Barnboogle to play Barnboogle for two days. Then they're flying 
Tayari and Tara Eti cape kidnappers, <laughs> and then they're flying home. I don't know what else he's going to do with the rest of his week. <laughs> that was a pretty good trip. Um, did, did you have a whack? From, did you give him a whack? Did you pull him up? On um, which one? Well, how did he come to Melbourne? And not play PK? And not play PK. I, like, I've reached out to him on Twitter, and I'm actually going to say to him, um, yeah, the next time you're in town, I know a bloke that'll, that'll chew your ear off about the next President's Cup being held in uh, in <laughs> Melbourne at PK. I'm, I'm over that. But but seriously, uh, golfers, uh, you have to – there's probably a couple. There's probably a course in that little trio that most people should miss and just just go straight to PK because, based on uh, my shit, my I thought you like I thought you liked Barnpool. You don't rate it? No, I meant the Melbourne-based courses. Oh, uh, based on my sample of of hosting, you know, taking some international people uh, there, uh, they love it. I I didn't tell you this either. I had the opportunity to take uh, the Phipps brothers from uh, the Pinehurst area in. Uh, in the States um, to PK today. Um, friends of Lucas Michelle, g'day to Lucas. Um, still the only podcast in the world of golf podcasts that Lucas hasn't been on. Um, g'day Lucas. They had a great time. They couldn't believe the facility down there and uh, they were um, they, they, they were never not going to play there but they, they had a, a schedule that they had to make some decisions and mm. you know, thankfully for them they made the right decisions but they're on a similar trip. You know, they've didn't go to Sydney this trip, but have done RM, yeah, King, uh, Kingston Heath Metro, two courses at the National, not three. PK only one course. They had to dip out on the uh, the South because um, they had to change their Airbnbs or something like that. Uh, they're going to Bamboogle. They're not going to Cape Wickham, but they are going to TRI, Taraiti, yep. and um, Titarangi. He he told me that um, at the moment Taraiti is not. He might be. I'm assuming he's wrong, not wrong because he knew a lot about a lot. But he, um, he was saying at the moment, Tara Eddie has the once in a lifetime option. You can go to get go to play. They're actually not doing it right at the moment. I think they're just holding for members only. So you need to be there as a guest, or you can't get on. And they were just pushing and pushing to try and get in. Yeah, right. So, he, but he's he's yeah. He was talking about golf courses in the states that I'd never heard of, which is not surprising. But um. The one that he was talking about the most, and he had a, had a hat and a shirt on, was called Red Feather, which is being done by the guys that did Sweeten's Cove. Uh, and I was talking about them um, today. Um, I can't remember the name, but he um, he's a member there, and uh, he's it can't be far from opening up. I think there might be sixteen holes finished anyway. So I looked them up online. And there's only one other person following him that I know, and that's Golf Guy seventy seven. So I'm sure he'll be playing there very soon as well. Yeah. But um, Jake Jake McCarty was his name, and Jake Jake, and I'll read straight off his uh, his Twitter account. Favorite courses are Pine Valley, Cap Caprock, Caprock, and Turnbury were his three favorites, with Friars at fourth, and Cape Wickham is now on that list. Really? Yeah. Really. And he said he's, he's very fortunate. He's got a friend who's a member at um, Pine Valley and he plays it a couple of times a year. So, yeah, he's living a very, very ordinary life for a golfer, playing some very ordinary golf courses. You've played Cape Wickham more than anyone I know and you've played you know, most of the other good, great courses in Australia. Um, yep. Is, do, you, do you put it where where it sits? You know, do you put it in that top four five in the world? Um, yeah, uh, uh, the courses I've played, it's right up there. I mean, I think what what Wickham has 
I, th- I think, like speaking quite generally, I mean, it's such a different golf course to the Sandbelt courses, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's very hard to compare a Royal Melbourne and a Kingston Heath versus a Bamboo, let alone Kate Wickham. But if I sort of put them in two little parcels and said, this is Wickham, Ocean Dunes, um, Barnburgle Dunes and, and Lost Farm, you can sort of compare all those because they're they're reasonably similar style of courses and the you know the terrain and the um the scenery is amazing. And I think that's kind of where I sort of sit and look at them and go, they're all world class golf courses. I mean, I'm not I've only played in a handful of courses around the world. But if I look at if I look at Wickham, like it is it is exceptional for, for scenery. Um there's there's not many weak holes like I play. I've been around it full eighteen time, eighteen holes, uh, eight times, and I've each time I've done the trip. So four times I've been down there, thirty six times, thirty six holes per day. Um, each time I've always shot off with the last light of the day and gone and played that back stretch again that yeah. goes back away from the clubhouse. That that that. The first hole, you know, off the top, I think it's 14, is, you know, it, it's it's an okay hole. But then once you sort of hit that stretch, that's sort of the par five across the top and then the three coming in. And that 16th hole beats the hell out of me every time I play it. Like, I just sit there and go, I'm so petrified of this tee shot. And then when I get to the, the shot into the green, I'm like, if I was petrified on that tee shot, <laughs> I'm 10 times more scared at this shot coming into this green. It it's is unbelievable. A, it is a tough green with the background that drops away yeah. the infinity green and, and it's <laughs> yeah it's not well if the last time i played it it wasn't overly long like i no, 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 it's not like long, a wedge no. in but yeah correct yeah i think yeah. i think i cacked the dax and didn't, didn't hit the green <laughs> either from like premium spot down the middle of the yeah. fairway uh interesting i always you know like i'm still of the opinion that courses with views get uprated get upscaled in in yep. in their in their rankings like if, it, if it's got a view it, it gets extra extra points um of course Anyway, uh, King Collins is the um, architects oh, of Sweet and Cove. Yeah. King Collins, and and they're um, so they're working on this feather feather cap, red feather. Yep, red feather. So I'm, I'm assuming it mustn't be open too far away. Um, is that in the Carolinas? Is that uh, Texas? Texas. Because okay. I think he said he's in. He lives in Texas now. He said. Um, and one the part that found I found amusing about it was that two of the members that he said had already signed on were Kevin Kisner and Harold Varner. Well, I think of you know. Funny guys, interesting guys. So, um, yeah, it, it sounded like a, a bit of fun. So, yeah, no, I hope he's having a good trip. I think he's at Kidnappers today um, and heading on from there. So, what's yeah, his name? Sounds like a really good trip. What's his uh, name? Jake, Jake McCarty. Well, uh, you know, we like to measure things, uh, our activities down here at uh, My Love Golf, you know, like, you know, we're serious for marketing operation. Um, that is. That is a plea for uh, any sponsors that want to jump on board. You know, we do try and you know be data centric. Um, if anyone is is on Twitter, please follow. What's his name? Jake. I'm gonna follow him Jake, right now. Yeah, Jake McCarty. Uh, Jake McCarty. So if if everyone who's on Twitter just wants to jump on and follow Jake McCarty, is it just at Jake McCarty? Yeah, number uh, nineteen, I think nineteen. Jake McCarty, nineteen. Yeah, I just follow yeah. him and see if we can get Jake uh, uprated in his uh, Twitter followers, and, and he'll thank us. Thanks very much. Um, speaking of having fun and thank yous, uh, I'll just get straight into the reminder of everyone that the Teepster Comp kicks off this week. A uh, few plugs out from 
Michael from uh, Aussie Golfer, who is the brains behind Teepster, um, and a listener of the podcast. Thanks, Mike, for um, you know helping us out and making sure that uh, we're on top of everything. Just want to say that uh, if you are part of the Teepster program with the My Love of Golf uh, program, the, our competition, not Teepster in general, but our competition in Teepster, um, you go in the draw to win this uh, this bag, which I'm holding up on the video, uh, which we might get back to producing the video episodes. Um, it's a Titleist. Uh, I might have said it's a Players 5 last week. Well, it's actually a Players 4+. plus. It's the elite level stand bag from Titleist. It's black. Uh, it's just a plain black model, white Titleist riding on the side. It'll have a massive appeal. But if you yep. are part of Teepstart between now and the end of January, so you're part yep. of it, you already were part last year, you're already in. If you join at the end of January, we will draw a winner and someone's going to take home that bag that must be worth like Mike you spend more money on golf gear than I'd ever do how much is a bag like that worth I reckon they're about four five hundred bucks, 400 bucks I can't remember like yeah four hundred yeah, bucks I mean I've got the same style of bag and I can't recommend it more highly enough as much as I am team Callaway mm. I think a a um very classic black titleist bag is always just timeless uh, a well, good watch well I'm an Ogeo bag user uh and uh I love my Ogeo bag and travel gear um so I'm not team Titleist, but I will remind you, Mike, that uh, <laughs> I think I won this as a, as a long drive. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. did hear that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so just get, as I, you said, I, You giving. might remember I bought a black Titleist standbag off you about, about six months ago. Oh, so you did. So you did. <laughs> uh, anyway, so tip start uh, kicks off. If, if you can put your tips in now, Mike's already got his tips in. Uh, you, the email will turn up in your inbox once you sign up to remind you to put your tips in. It's a one and done. That means once you pick your player once, so if you picked uh, – so if we were doing it last week and you mm -hmm. picked John Rahm, You've picked up the bucks for John Rahm, but you can't pick him for the rest of the year. So you really, you really have to be strategic about how you operate yourself come week in, week out, Teepster activity. Don't be a numpty like me and forget every average fifth week um, because you will fall into the 30s and 40s and you will be um, fodder for your podcast guests and your mates at play Teepster alongside you and please get your mates involved if they love their PGA Tour. Get them involved uh, because they'll go in the draw to win uh, that uh, that bag. But um, you have to, it's, it just keeps you on the ball with, um, you know, what's happening in the PGA Tour. It just gets you a little bit more active and we're all hoping that what's happening with the PGA Tour is going to be a little more engaging this year for us all to watch. Now, talking about the PGA Tour and obviously... Um, uh, we had the Tournament of Champions, the Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua. What a great course. A lot of positivity mm. around some factors of the commentary and some mm. factors of the broadcast. A lot of people love the dronage. I love a drone. Yeah. I am a two-drone two two drone operator, uh, so I was very happy to see the scenery from the drone perspective and hear the drones whizzing around. What did you think of the coverage and uh, just the way that they've kicked off the season in terms of PGA Tour commentary, because they get a they get a whack. Those guys, in fairness, mm. they do get a whack for putting a few people to sleep. Uh, what do you think? I thought it was good. I mean, I think it's pretty tough to to do poor drone footage at Kapalua. I would think like it's a it's a pretty scenic place. I mean, I think even I could probably put dish up something that would look pretty good. But I think getting the stuff like they were following the golf ball rolling down the hill was pretty interesting. Um, the first time I reckon they started doing that was I reckon last year's um, there was an event the last maybe it was the FedEx Cup the last event that they played they had some drone footage thrown in there that, around eighteen hole that looked really cool which was 
something they hadn't been doing. And I know they've been doing it at the Masters, but I, I'm guessing that's different um, people running the drones. But they, they look amazing floating around Augusta. So it's good to see them integrating that stuff into the to the um, to the formula because, yeah, I mean we've all watched golf for a long time. Anything that's going to jazz it up and give us a bit more is is only going to help. Uh, do we know who won the um, the timed rolling of the golf ball down the hill? I'm not sure what holes, maybe no. 16 or something like that. But 18, 18. The yeah. Jordan Spieth was clocked at like 40 seconds or something <laughs> like that. We, yeah. we don't have the winner on that. We no, it, it's pretty funny. Like I know that DJ hit a shot there a few years ago that I think it was a par four, and he drove the green, and it ended up about three inches short in the teeth. But, I mean, he was probably 50 metres off the tee box eating a hamburger. The ball was, the ball was still going. Like, they just run forever. Uh, did you like the tournament? Uh, did, you, did you like the way that it kicks off the season? You know, there's a fairly reasonable field. You know, pretty much. Uh, I'll, sorry, I'll retract that. It's an excellent field because everyone who won <laughs> last year is there. And, of course, the people who qualified through the FedEx, like yeah. um, see, the gala was there. He's, he's, a, great, he's a great fella. You yeah. know what? I've got a challenge. For, I've got a task for you, Mike. Yes. Can you ask Sahis Pagala if you'll come on our podcast? He seems I like I think he, I think he seems like he's open for a, a, a chat on a podcast. You know, I remember sitting there watching him, people watching him at the Open as he was going through his notebook on the Wednesday preparation for the Open, just going through his numbers, just sitting there by himself. Yeah. Oh, I so much wanted to go and have a chat to him because I. What in you? No, because I'm a chicken like that. You know, like. I've, <laughs> You um, should ask him then. Well, the only golf podcast that hasn't asked Lucas Michelle on the podcast, you know, like I'm a bit, I'm just a bit sort of reserved in that sort of thing. Can, can you ask, can you, and that's why I'm handballing. No, I don't care, I'll ask him. I'll, I'll ask him, I'll just log into the My Love of Golf um, yeah. Twitter account. Let's see, Jim. Uh, just for anyone that does follow, uh, speaking of trying to um, quantify things, uh, if you can follow the My Love of Golf Twitter uh, um account you you will notice that there's been a little bit more activity on there um there's been a few more posts that have got some views and uh, yeah asked a few questions uh nothing to do with me it's all yep. the magic man sitting right there it's mike so he's taking it's me, charge it's of me um, getting people angry the twitter arty uh, might also have access to the uh to the mile of golf instagram account so uh, if you saw a snake slithering across a green, uh, that was mike uh, posting that um that mate. speaking put me of, off my eagle pup we'll go back to uh We'll go back to the PGA Tour in a second. Uh, public service announcements. Watch out for snakes. If you are in Australia playing golf and you're from overseas and you watch this, and we know there are a few people that are in Australia watching that, that listen, um, watch out for the snakes uh, mm. because there's, they're out there. The, uh, all I heard today at PK was snake stories. Everyone I've spoken to that's played golf in Melbourne of recent times have talked about snakes. Um, Mike, you, you saw snakes down there at King Island? How many? What was the um, It's funny. I Sucks. played by myself. So the first time around, actually, Wickham, I didn't see any. Uh, Ocean Dunes, day two, I saw none the first time around. And then I sat down and had some lunch or brunch. And then when I went out, that, that was the first green. And that one was on the back of the green. And then two holes later, I caught up with the two boys in front. I said, oh, did you see the snake on the first? They said, no, did you see the one on the third? And I said, no. I said, the fourth? And I said, no. They said, yeah, there was one in the bunker on two and there's one on the side of the green on three or whatever, three and four. I was like, oh, I didn't see it. And he goes, okay. I was like, we've seen three and you've seen one and we didn't see that one and we've only played five holes. So there's a fair few out there. But there, 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 there are people that don't 
don't care or don't know. Like I saw some guys looking for golf balls and I was just like, <laughs> they were, yeah. you know, waist high grass, long grass at Cape Wickham. And I was like, nope, it's a, you can have that golf it's, ball. It's a $5 golf ball. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah the, the rules in place for Irish drop or whatever they call it, you know, just put yep. it out in the fairway, play your ball and off you go. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, there's been a number of sightings of courses all around uh, Victoria. I'm not sure about New South Wales, but certainly Victoria, a lot of snakes mm. around. Um, I'm, I am a bad, bad host. Um, I hosted some people fairly recently, just before Christmas, and there'd been some snake activity. And the, and the poor fellow from the States, he was petrified, like absolutely petrified. He did not – he was like walking in the middle of the fairway because he did not want to see a snake. And, uh, you know, he was like, is, will there be snakes over there? I said, well, probably. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have some fun here. I said, see those birds in the tree? See how they just flew out of the tree? Yeah, well, they're the, that's because there's a snake below. And I said, really? I said, most likely. Oh, dear. And I said, see that plane up there? You heard of sharks spotting? We've got sharks as well in here in Australia. The planes fly. I said, no snake watching. And uh, he thought I was serious. And I, I was, it was very ordinary behavior of me. But um, he, yeah, had, he wouldn't have been happy. No. But uh, anyway. He didn't like the snakes. Uh, be careful of the snakes. Back to the PJ Tour. Uh, Kapalua. Um, Kapalua, yeah. It's, it's, um, it is a good start to the year, to answer your question from before. I have heard it might not be the start next year. Um, I can't share where I heard that, but I have heard a rumour that it might not be there. And I can't tell you where it would be, but I'll just say that it's not where you think it might be. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'll leave you with that little sprinkle um, because I'm sure they'll have a, a new um, a new 24 calendar coming out down the middle of this year. But, yeah, there's some rumours about them not starting in Hawaii next year. Let's put it that way. Oh, and I'll add this to help. It, think about it as being more of a, a global game. So they might be starting somewhere else next year. Finally coming to Peninsula Kingswood. Bah, they might be starting. Well, nothing Alleluia. would shock me. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> My, yeah, thanks for listening, PGA Tour. Uh, who have you been talking but, to? Doesn't matter. No, it's not important. I, can't, I honestly cannot share wow. this. It's not, I, no. I wish I had a special effect there, like that breaking news. Like, <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, no, magic, it could be wrong. Could be, could be completely wrong, but that's, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. Magic might come um, ready with the big guns. It's, yeah. Wow. Don't know. Newsbreaker. Rumor starter. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need a segment name for this. Uh, okay. <laughs> Where were we when I was? No, something else. No, somewhere else we were, and I said that that the President's Cup was going to be Kingston Heath. And whoever I was with said, has that been confirmed yet? <laughs> and I think they were from Golf Australia, and I was like, I think so. That's close enough. Where were uh, we? Yeah, no, I think that was at the Open, but that was because... Um, because they hadn't confirmed it yet, but the yeah. but, but the the membership of the three the two other courses that were you know openly yeah. in the in the bidding process had could told their members that it's not coming to them, so yeah. I only left the final one, yeah. um, which for obviously they're sort of working at Tintax anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, no, but yeah, look, well, the event you, was good. You heard, um, you heard it, it here a, first. Sorry, let me come. You heard it here, you you half, it here first. Heard it you heard first, it here yeah. first. It's official. Um, yep. Mike, breaking news. Yeah. Um, if anyone, actually, I'll tell you what I'll do. If anyone wants to know what on earth I'm talking about, they should join a little um, podcast called The Tour Junkies in out of the United States. 
have a Discord, a paid Discord, so it's not a free Discord, and it's called uh, the Nut Hut. And in the Nut Hut, there's a lot of information that floats through the Nut Hut, all different sorts of things. So if anyone does want to try and figure that out, it's going to cost you because you're going to have to sign up to be a member of the Nut Hut and you'll be able to find out from there what on earth I'm talking about. Can you tell the Tour Junkies boys if they see a spike in the Nut Hut sales? <laughs> if they see to, a spike to, in... To let us know. Yeah, to let us know because that's ours. We want There'll to, be we, a share. We Actually, to... we're going to get DB on. Um, we'll get him on in March to give us a rundown on Augusta because okay. he caddied at Augusta for a few years and... Um, they both both the boys live in Augusta, so they'd be great to get on for for a, for a preview. Uh, they run run an excellent operation. The tour junkies guys over there, based out of are they in Georgia? They both, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They're both well. DB's just outside of um, Augusta, yeah. and Pat's in Savannah, but okay. yeah, Georgia. So uh, yeah, run an excellent operation, which Mike is a very big part of uh, their their fan base, but also um, helps contribute in in from time to time with what they do. Um, and they and they're having a very very big day today because their Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship today, so they'd be um, yeah they'll be having a very very big night. Who's the alumni in the golfing fraternity oh. of the Georgia Bulldogs? Uh, outside, who isn't? Of the, outside of the ones that we know, like Bryden McPherson. Um, but who, who is? <laughs> who, who isn't? Kevin Kisner is. I yes. know that. Um, oh, he put up a photo today. The PJ Tour put up a photo today of all of them. I know Tom Hoagie was Tom Hoagie, was, yeah. Um, he was he's he was from the opposition from today. Um, Big tall guy. I wanted to call him Bo Hostler. It's not Bo Hostler. Um, no, he's from Texas. No, I know. Um, I know who I know who it is, but I, well, my brain's gone um, fried. Brian Harmon is. Brian Harmon. You know who he used to be, but then got kicked off the team was um, Patrick oh, Reed. Patrick Reed. <laughs> um, PGA Tour. Now they have put up a photo today. Here we go. You've got. Uh, Brendan Todd, Brian Harmon, Grayson Sig, Davis Thompson, Sepp Stracker, Kevin Kisner, Harris English, Kevin Mitchell, Harris, Chris Kirk. Harris English was who I was thinking about. Yeah, they're all Georgia Bulldogs. There you go. But, and Brian McPherson. And um, Brian McPherson. Yeah, he didn't get a mention? Didn't get, no, he didn't make the final cut on the PJ Tour uh, page today. Uh, okay. Uh, well, congratulations to the Georgia Dogs. That's it. Uh, Okay, so, so yeah, sorry, you have gone off topic slightly, yeah, but yeah, like any any good uh, act does, they bring it, <laughs> they would bring it back around. Anyway, back to the uh, Sony uh, tournament champions. Um, you picked the winner. You basically you basically forecast that uh, you were John Rahm was unbackable, so you were st- steering away from him, um, but he was yeah. very much at the top of the data lake. And wow, didn't he just brain them? Oof. Yeah, John Rahm. Oh, yeah, he did for one round. John <laughs> Rahm, what do we say? John Rahm, JT and uh, Xander were on the top, but we weren't going to go to them because they were very short. And we said Max Homer and Tom Kim were the ones we liked outside of that. And, and they gave us a good run. They both finished top five. I thought Max Homer might just pinch it late when uh, Colin started to capitulate is the only way to put it. And pitch is probably the operative part of capitulate. Um, yeah, John Rahm just played... Flawless golf from hole two through to hole 18 on the final round. And, yeah, Colin played the three easiest holes, bogey, 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 and, and gave up, I think, it what was a nine-shot lead at one point to lose, which is unbelievable. I, I don't know if you've had a look, but not sure how long ago nine-shot leads like that have been surrendered in the modern mm. era. Probably not that many, but... No. 
uh, I was watching early doors and he was nine shots, eight shots yeah. up. I thought, oh, we've got this covered. And I came to do some editing uh, of my drum and golf videos, which you can see on the drum and golf YouTube. Once again, if you want to measure, so you want to help me out, just go and smash that like button and subscribe button over the, the drum and golf YouTube. You can check out me doing my best attempt at some work on the new Paradigm driver, um, the new Paradigm family from Callaway, talking about Team Callaway that Mike's so ingrained part of, um, but also the new Cleveland Zipcore RTX uh, 6 Wedge, um, very good product. Uh, so if you want to learn a little bit more about those, go over, go over to um, the Drum and Golf YouTube, watch those videos, leave a comment, tell them I sent you, and uh, that would help me out uh, get a couple of dollars uh, paid extra for the likes uh, that we appreciate that um but um yeah he's he um yeah he i i, I was doing the editing and came back and then it was like john ram was in front yeah. like, what's happened there yeah it was it was it was actually um rough it was really rough to watch um his chipping let him down um and it's funny because um rockets mate uh Azinger called it. He said, no, these are the chips that really he struggles with and it's the, it's the worst part of his game. And then he hit an absolute flat-out chunk that went six feet and then rolled back to his toes. And I was like, oh, that was something any or, or any of us would do. Like, you don't see PJ Tour pros do that. He just dug straight into the ground. Um, and he's looking at the ground like we all do as soon as you hit a bad. It has to be the, it has to be the deck. It can't possibly be the way of swinging the club. Then he hit the next one long, but he was lucky because had a little backstop and came back down and missed the putt for bogey. And he was just rattled. He just got he just got rattled. Um, and to his credit, he walked off. He was really flat probably the last three or four holes. He's, uh, you don't often see a caddy put his hand on a player's shoulder and just say, you know, you know, just try and relax because if he didn't make the putt on eighteen, he was going to get back into a tie for third, which which I would guess probably cost him a couple hundred grand. Um, and the caddy ten or twenty grand. So. Um, yeah, I, it, it was it was a tough watch. No, no sort of shortcomings to to um, Ram though. I mean, he played amazing golf this week as well. It's just that Morikawa was flawless for for three three and a half days. Um, didn't make a bogey until whatever it was, whole fourteen or fifteen on the final day. Um, but yeah, that, that's what tends to happen. We've talked about it before on here. Rocket and I've talked about it. We've talked about it. You get a goal at Morikawa who's elite in ball striking, elite in getting the ball onto the green. On that course, you don't need to be driving the ball well because it's so wide and it's running out. You just need to be able to putt, and that's been his weak spot. So when he has a week like that where he's changed his grip again and he's putting very, very well, he's going to play great golf. But what also tends to happen with those things is they just don't last. You know, He's not known to be a good putter or a good you know around-the-green chipping golfer. And as soon as you have one little um, hairline fracture come through, it just sends to open up, and that's what happened. I know how those hairline fractures feel. <laughs> I'm gonna. Have you seen the photo of the chip? I'm gonna oh. send you the video. You're gonna have a oh, coroner. I'm not sure if I want to see it. <laughs> My actually chipping was has been okay. I've, I'm working on a bit of a new technique, and I've, I think I've found something. It's it's um it's a bit of a hybrid in terms of everything that I've been taught by Dom as a party, and also. Uh, Chris McClatchy, what he taught me, and they're both poles apart, but it's a little bit of a hybrid. You probably laugh, but um, it worked. Chipping and pitching today with the uh, Callaway Jaws wedges were fantastic. Um, sunk a couple of putts, but then yeah, the, that uh, crevice opened up with the putting, and I just could not get the ball to the hole. 
Uh, it was terrible. That, that that hasn't been a problem for me, the putter, since I bought that new ping putter. Um, yeah, I made a couple of great putts uh, over the break at King Island and um, down at the Dunes and St. Andrews. It was great. Love it. So still working well? It's it's working really, really well. I'm yeah. So happy that that survived. Uh, the golf gear survived the flood. Um, and that, yeah. uh, they all came through. So good. Oh, I'm glad it's working well. What, what model did you get? It's, it's like... Uh, the Ping Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, it's the big one. The big it's, a, it's, a, it's a big spaceship-looking thing. Not as big as Pulitzer's spaceship-looking thing, but it's a, it is a large putter, mallet putter. Um, it's got the triangular sort of grip that you hold. It's got a yep. different shape to the grip, which I quite like as well. No, it's the, and yeah, it's the straight-back, straight-forward putter. Um, You're still good. sort of semi-side-saddling it? You're still giving it a Just bit of a... little bit. Correct. Um, yes, I've bought a new training drill. I bought a pro path putter mirror thing to try and get my line, okay. lines up a bit better. Yep. As I turn around to look at it, but no, that's uh, the, the longer putters I still, the longer parts I still hold with a normal grip, and then on the shorter parts I still go with the claw grip or the saw grip, whatever you want to. Call I think it. I'm going to have to do that. I think I'm going to. It just to... takes my right hand out of it. Yeah. And I just don't get as flippy with it. Yeah, right. And now it's just comfortable. I mean, I'm, the funniest part about. When I, I, anyone who hasn't seen me park or hasn't played golfing, which is the majority of you listening, I stand slightly open, so like a side saddle-ish looking putt, and then I hold it with a claw grip, and people just look at you like, what are you doing? It normally takes me about three holes that I don't know. So I've like, always putted like that. And they always think I picked up the claw grip from Sergio Garcia because he, he was probably one of the first famous guys to do it. But it was Chris DeMarco. Like that's how long I've been putting, <laughs> putting with that claw grips. It'd be 20 years. I think they, yeah, I don't know what they called it then, but yeah, Chris DeMarco was the man. Mike's putting is actually really good. Like he does give it a fair caress and the ball rolls end over end and it gets to, gets to the hole and gets in the hole. Um, yeah, good. Uh, okay, so finishing off the Sony Tour of Champions, of course, we saw some great performances there from some of the people that we would expect to perform well. Uh, any other standouts from you? I was blown away by bloody... John Rahm winning and debuting uh, some new Callaway gear and uh, what a golfer. He's going to have a big year. Um, but, is. you know, the other people that we would have otherwise followed, you know. I think, oh, look, I think um, Colin, if he gets his putter back, if if Colin putts remotely closer like he did this week, he's going to win one more than one occasion. Rahm's set for another big year. Tom Hoagie was good to see him go well. Max Homer was probably the one that I was really, I, I quite liked him this week, as I said in my picks last week. But um, for a guy who really didn't play the first two rounds that well, um, to have such a great weekend was really good to see. That was good to see him settle down. Tony Fee now picked up where he left off as well. Willie Z, good to see Willie Z after mm, a fairly extensive um, uh, layoff. Sheffler, so all the people that were up there should have been up there. Uh, what about this week? So we moved to uh, Wiley this week. Wiley, so, yeah, Wiley, um, Sony. So I might have said the Sony Tournament of Champions. Of course, Sim. it's the Century Tournament of Champions, and this week is the Sony Open at Wiley. Yes, um, big week this week. Um, the data lake, it's a funny week this week. The, the, I mean, look, there's a million things to carve up every course. And I know that every time people listen to me talk about it, it's always about how well people approach the greens. And this is another one of those. So I really want to see people that hit good approaches. Um, they're good between tee to green. Um, they need to have a week with the putter, as you always do. Can't make bogeys. This sounds like every other golf game. Um, but the two... 
um, ranges that I've pulled in uh, from from approach, uh, 150 to 175 yards and 175 to 200. So anything between 150 and 200 yards is what I'm looking at. You need to be elite in that area uh, this week. When I pull all that together and weight it, the same guy comes up the top that did last week, Tom Kim. The man child. I don't know. I don't know the man child as you as you've called as you've dubbed him. Um, I'm not sure he's my guy this week that I'll be having any shekels on because I think he he will be the favourite. Um, but he's certainly quite rightly the favourite. He's finished fifth at the tournament of champions, tenth at the hero in his last two starts, uh, and he stacks up really really well here. Um, but. Not sure, not sure. I think in the one and done, in the, in the tips, the tips this week, I would say that a fair percentage of people will have Tom Kim. Um, after that, Sung J M, Webb Simpson, Brian Harmon, Christian Bezadenhout, Cam Davis, uh, Grayson Sig, Ben Griffin. There's a few really bit odd names up there. I'll be I'll be filtering through and 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 I'll be posting them into the um the Discord channel, the whole list of what how they all shape up. But for me, um, yeah, I'll probably be circling around some of the guys that are sitting around that 20 to 30 to 1 and just having a bit of fun if I don't bet on Tom Kim. But I think that, um, yeah, there's certainly worse, worse, worse players to bet on this week. Probably maybe Tom Hoagie game like well. The one guy that I'm not going to bet, and here we go, this will tell you how good or bad my year's going to go, is um, Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth doesn't stack up that well. He'll probably come out and win now and I'll look silly, but that, that, that's, uh, that's the way it goes. Um, but no, so far he hasn't shown the numbers that I'm looking for. So I think oh, we said we said the top fifteen, didn't we? Uh, where does where does I can't even tell you where he ranks. It's a it's a tough the first tip in the Teepster competition. So if you're new to Teepster, the first tip is pressing the button and committing to the first tip. <laughs> you know, you're, you're basically picking someone who you're not going to be able to use ever again in this That's year. It. It's a hard one. Once you, But once you cut the cord of pick one and you just accept yep. that who you've picked, try and get them to go, that you're not going to be able to use it again and hopefully you get off to the start that you need and they win some money for you, if not win the whole lot, um, you're away. But it's a hard one to commit to. you just got to pick someone and commit to it. That's it. Um, no, I think I'll, I think I just had a quick look at it. I think um, he ranks like on my list. Jordan Smith ranks number forty-seven, which is of one hundred and forty, which is not not really too well. Uh, top fifteen. I'll do that again, like we did last year, just quickly, in order: Tom Kim, Sung J M, Ben Griffin, Webb Simpson, Grayson Sig, Brian Harmon. They're two bulldogs there. Christian Bezadenhout, uh, S H Kim, Cam Davis. Patton Kaziah, who I think is a bulldog as well. Russell Henley. Zeng, uh, Zen Cheng Dao. Trevor Cohn. Don't even know who Trevor Cohn is. He's, he's 500 to 1. Uh, Denny McCarthy, Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley's trimmed down. He's lost some weight. He's been on the. And then and Tom Hagee's number 16. Then Adam Scott. Um, yeah, geez, Keegan Bradley's lost some weight. Has he he? would have lost. He looks like he lost about 10 kilos. Really? Doing some sort of something different. Look at you. You're all excited. Like, hang on, what's his secret? I want to get his secret. I need to look. I've <laughs> 10 kilos. Unbelievable. Bad, bad, uh, that bad. Happens. That happens. Bad Christmas. Too much cheese. No, I never did. No. 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 Well, to, you know what? I didn't actually eat that much cheese this year because I um I gave it all away. Gave it all away. But um, just a message to the marketing department at Keon there, the cheese, whoever was the recipient of the cheese, um, either me, my wife, some of our friends, family, otherwise, uh, loved the King Island dairy cheese. 
Good. Um, and and the Laguiel knife, which has maintained its sharpness over the season, over the 2022 season, coming into season 2023, uh, the Laguiel uh, knife has just performed brilliantly. Um, King Island Dairy marketing team, beautiful, beautiful little accoutrement to a fine cheese. Um, okay, so who are you tipping? Uh, who am I picking one and done? Yeah. I'll, 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 let, I'll let everyone see after the lockout. By the way, I've already got my pick in, but no one can see it until until the tournament starts. Then you can see everybody else's pick. Okay. All right. So you're not gonna you're not gonna disclose that. Oh, I, I don't really know. I mean, I've, yeah, okay. I've put Tom, I put Tom Kim in now, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't shock me if I switched to Sung Jae Im. It'd be one of the Koreans. Are you gonna Are we gonna tweet the? Uh... Yeah, the, the sort of tips out. What are we going to do Twitter, oh, Twitter-wise yeah. for this year? We can, we can put them out. Mine and yours. Okay. And Rockets. Can we do a few? And po- Doc. We'll get Docs in there too. Polls, polls and quizzes and that sort of thing. Are we going to do that sort of stuff? For What about if we put up a poll and people can pick who you put in? <laughs> who they put in? You, you, no, you give me four players you're choosing from and then let the public choose your pick. I, it could not be any worse than my strategy <laughs> for picking. I'll tell you that much. That's not a bad idea, actually. Okay, who should I pick? Thank you very much. Okay, we'll do that. Who should I pick in the one and done? Okay. Uh, yeah, mate. I think if you pick Tom Kim this week, you won't be alone. I'd be shocked if I'd be if we've got a hundred people in there now. I'd be shocked if eighty don't pick Tom Kim. Do um, what's the significant factors about Wileye? There's always something that sticks out at Wileye. So no, in my brain, it's it's always a course that gets affected by wind here and there. Yeah. So you're going to need to be able to to hit in the right spots, um, and just you know be able to take take advantage of of the right side of the wave. So one of the things that I'll look at is weather when it comes down to the, the tee times come out. If say Tom Kim happens to be playing Thursday Arvo Friday morning as an example, but Thursday Arvo is the worst part of the weather of those two days, I might steer away from him because. It might knock him out of the ballpark. So, um, yeah, I'll wait and wait until the time comes when it when it sort of gets a bit more. So you will have closer a look at, to time. You will have a look at the weather. Yeah, you'll, you'll go Google weather, wildlife, country club, what's happening yep. in the next four days. Yep, correct. Wow. That is. Dedicated. I definitely, definitely, definitely will if I'm investing in something like first round leader, <laughs> because you can get a lean on. Um, here's another. Tonight, before we started recording, anyone, uh, Ross and I had a, an in-depth discussion about betting on golf. So here's another little gem for you. Um, but if you've been investing in something like the first round leader bet, you can actually find that people will always jump on the person that are out early in the morning because you're normally going to get the best conditions. You know, fresh golf course, no spike marks, no nothing. It's just going to be pure. But what you can see happen sometime is you actually can get worse weather in the morning and it might be dying off at four o'clock in the afternoon when the other guys are coming to the back nine. So you might get a bit of relief there. So sometimes the weather is very, very important when you're looking at specific daily bets, especially for something like the Open. Mm. And you got the Open and they're playing, teeing off at 6 p.m. Um, if you're trying to bet on someone who's, who's going to be playing it, if you can bet on someone to be the first round leader and they were off at eight o'clock in the morning versus someone who's off at 6 p.m. and they've got much, much better course and conditions because everyone's off the first tee, um, yeah, give you gives you a leg up, which is great. Okay. So, yes, I will. Okay. Well, we might have a couple of uh, – we'll see how we go with the uh, punting this year. We might just expand our horizons a little bit. We'll see how we go anyway. How do you, I'm not sure how you think about that, but we might go with that. Uh, we've got the DP World Tour. Uh, I'm not sure if it's kicking, it's kicking off this week. But, um, 
they've got. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it kicked off with us and the, the PGA. I think was the first one, but yeah, I mean, effectively the first hmm. back in that part of the world, I guess. With a ball tear of a new concept. Yeah, I mean, we joked about it before we started recording. I'd not, I think I'd heard, I'd heard the only thing I'd heard about it was that it was going to be. Um, the Molinari versus Fleetwood competition because they were so close through the Ryder Cup. Um, but yeah, the Hero Cup is the the event this week. It's Continental Europe versus the GB and I, like a little mini European Ryder Cup. So there's only that amount of players. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's only 18 players. It's basically two teams and that's it. It's two teams, yeah. So you've got um, Europe is Detri. Rasmus Hoygaard, Moronk, Migliozzi, Norman, Perez, Peters, Straka, and Rosner. And GB and I, sorry, and Molinari. Um, GB and I is Tommy Fleetwood's the captain. And he's got Ferguson, Hatton, Lowry, McIntyre, Seamus Power, Callum Shinkwin, Jordan Smith, Matt Wallace, and Richard Mansell. And they're playing, I can tell you, because I only saw this announced about. 10 minutes before we came on because it's like no a little, one... little possibles and probables warm up for the for the Ryder Cup like it's like it probably will be and I wouldn't be shocked to see um you know if they can try and get even people to have a little couple of trial pairings mm. but Friday's five four balls and Saturday's 10 foursomes and then singles is only 10 players playing singles on Sunday 25 points given out in total 13 wins it and that's literally only come out an hour ago. It's still a little bit disappointing how long it takes the European Tour to announce this stuff because it's it's event week. <laughs> how do we not know who's playing for what? It's a bit nuts. Uh, interesting to know. It would be interesting to know it would be a fault fly on the wall in and around their meetings if, if they just didn't know or – just held it back as a element of surprise for you know here we're yeah. back and here's something new. Um, it would be interesting. Oh, to... I'm sure that like it's going to get some press, but I mean, and I'm sure that it would if it was in the UK. I'm sure they would have been pumping it up a bit more than when it's sitting in in um, Abu Dhabi. But yeah, I, I don't know if you're trying to get something different happening. Why not get people a real understanding of what well, how this is all shaping up. Like I think all we knew was there were going to be foursomes, four balls and singles and that was it. Yeah. But does everyone play? Does no one play? How does this work? Um, how hard are we going with uh, our boy Moronk this year? Are we are we tipping him for Polish yeah. sports person of the year? <laughs> well, uh, can we bet on that? Can we have no, a he won it he won it last night, two, two oh, nights did, ago. Oh, did he? Well congratulations, <laughs> Adrian Moronk. Um beat uh well, I wish we could now. Um Oh, he's he's certainly the favourite, isn't he? Um, yeah, when I look at that team, it's fun. It's really funny when I looked at those lineups before. I probably lean into in, the European team based on Rasmus, Detri, and Moronk are all playing really, really good golf. Alex Nor is no slouch. Like, yeah, he can. No, he's been he, the last two weeks. He's been quite well, you know, last month. But he. He pops. He still always gravitates to the top end of the performance level rather than the bottom end from yep. you know, on balance. Yep. Uh, Victor Perez, Scotland's very own Victor Perez, lives in Dundee. Um, Tommy Peters, okay, he can do. He can do. He can turn one on, turn one off. Uh, Sepp Straka, there's another name that you know popped up last year and um, on. The, he's a PGA Tour member too, isn't he? Yeah, he won PGA, the PGA Tour. Tour yeah. yeah, it's a PGA Tour winner. So interesting. Um, Sepp Straka. 
from and Rosner run last week, two weeks ago. Hmm. Um, and GB and I, yeah, the only one I didn't know was Richard Mansell. Well, I don't, I've heard the name, but don't know him well enough. Don't know him. Callum Shinquin, Seamus Power, Robbie McIntyre, Shane Larry. Yeah, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna have my heart with the uh, GB and I. I knew you would. <clears throat> Based on those three there, Seamus Power, Robbie McIntyre and Shane Larry, they are three of my all-time favourites for the last uh, three or four years, those boys. Um, Robbie McIntyre needs to have a breakout there this year. He didn't have his best year last year, but we'll be looking for big things from him. Interesting to see how Seamus Power goes this year. I think Shane Larry will continue just to have a very, very solid year. Could could contend in a couple of majors, should contend in a couple of majors. Um, the other guys, yeah, they'll go okay. Uh, and we've got the G4D people, um, G4D people, that sounds terrible. We've got the G4D um, players uh, playing as well. So the top 10 all abilities golfers from around the world are playing. We will be represented by our very own Mike Brown from uh, the podcast uh, he is playing. Um, but of course, all of the uh, G4D players that are part of that tour that run and play inside and with some of the best uh, golfers in the world in as part of that um, DP World schedule are uh, playing. Let's um, where have we got that? Have we got those guys up there somewhere? Uh, Jeff um, yeah, okay. Jeff Nicholas is playing. So Jeff Nicholas is Australia's greatest, um, you know, all abilities golfer for a number of years. Watch Jeff play at the Oz Open and just absolute player. Um, has won every all abilities title in Australia for a number of years. He's probably in the seniors division. You know, would win both events. You know, in in all ages. Um, but he's he's starting in as part of the ten players in the G4D um, tournament. So that's an awesome um, awesome feather in Jeff's cap to have an Australian representative playing with some of the best uh, all abilities golfers. Uh, and and those guys, you know, we watched them extensively when we were at the Oz Open, and they take it pretty seriously. And you know what? No, they don't just take it pretty seriously. They play pretty serious golf. Like Kit Poppet, who won the thing, you know, shot two or three under on the last day, and it was just absolute unbelievable golf so good luck to all those guys but more so our guy mike brown who is um you know we're hoping for big things and good luck to mike supported by bushnell supported by mizuno um he's got some backing and uh, he's ready to go by all accounts um what else what else mike oh i was open uh sorry i was uh, amateurs on this week yes i was um, amateurs on let's have a look at the uh live scores uh day one's completed uh so it's a mixed course structure so they're playing over two courses and the field was separated so they didn't it wasn't like men on one course and women on the other course so it was mixed fields across the mixed courses so in the men we have um Connor McDade, Melbourne's very own Connor McDade obviously Dennis McDade's son uh, a fine golfer plays out of Royal Melbourne uh, Connor shot five under today. He played at New South Wales, so it's St Michael's and New South Wales. If you don't know where they are, that La Perouse part of Sydney, basically a Botany Bay. If you fly into Sydney, you fly over Botany Bay. Well, La Perouse is just right there. Uh, it's an absolute unbelievable parcel of land for golf at New South Wales. And then just further up the coast, a little bit towards Sydney, there's a couple of other golf courses, the coast, St Michael's. And uh, that's the course that is hosting the other half of the tournament, St. Michael's, on a beautiful parcel of land. But Conor McDade shot five under at New South Wales, which is no mean feat. It's a tough course. And uh, caught a few great golfers out. The next best score at New South Wales today was minus three. Uh, Taishi Moto from Japan. And then uh, Tom Heaton from uh, the Australian shot two under. But the other leaders in the men's field is... Uh, 
they're at my, minus five. There are a handful of golfers at minus five. Um, John Goff from the Berkshire in uh, England. So obviously one of the international players come a lot, come across. Probably a lot of OWGR points on offer here. Uh, not OWGR, WAGR, Wagga points for this um, tournament. That's World Amateur Golf Rankings points. Uh, but Queensland's Kai Kumalainen, who's an awesome golfer. I think he's one of Jamie's um, clients actually. Um, does some great work with him. Kai Kumalainen at minus five as well. Uh, Ange Ryan from Singapore. Don't know much about Ange, but Harrison Crow from Sydney uh, is at minus five as well. So really, in terms of Australian golf, uh, Jeffrey Guan at minus four. So the golfers that we would expect to be up there, of the names in Australian amateur golf that we know and like and we've seen perform at the highest level are all there. Um, mm. So good luck to all of those guys. And in the women, uh, the women's Oz Amateur, June Song, who plays out of Avondale, which is uh, in the sort of northern suburbs of Sydney. Uh, beautiful golf course. It's like the Augusta of Sydney, uh, Avondale. If you're from Sydney and played there, I'd love to hear your feedback. It's one of the courses I haven't played. If you remember at Avondale, I'm on a host, Mike and I up there. We'd probably make a trip up to come and play at Avondale and try and fit in a couple of other Sydney courses. So if you are an Avondale member, let us know. Or any course. I'm happily, I'd travel anywhere to play golf. Okay, well, Mike will definitely travel anywhere to golf. I've got to structure it a little bit. I've got to negotiate a bit harder and you know, have a board meeting a little bit. Uh, no, we get, we get around. Um, some names there that I don't know at the top of the list, um, there's some international names. Uh, Mizuki Hashimoto from Tojonomori uh, Golf Club in Japan. Uh, Mamika Sinchi from Japan, also in, in uh, their equal second position. Anika Rathbone from the Australian. And uh, Amy Im from uh, Pupaki from in New Zealand, Yuna Araki. So real international field here mm. uh, in the in the women's. Uh, Sumin Oh from uh, Korea, uh, Vivian Liu from Royal Auckland, and then we get down to Amelia Winnie uh, from the Grange. Um, the name that sticks out to me there is Amy Squires and Justice Bozio. Justice Bozio is part of the Golf Australia sort of talent development square and Molly McLean from the national. She's a Melbourne girl. Um, they're all sort of elite golf Australia and um, players. So they're sitting at sort of minus two, minus one. Um, yeah, but I'm sure that that field is a top notch field. Be interesting to see who wins Belinda G. Anyway, good luck to all those players. Um, next. What's next, Mike? Is that us? Um, that's us. Oh, I just really wanted to say thanks to everyone down at King Island. I don't know how many of them listened to the show, but um, really, really great. Um, got looked after as you always do there, so it was really good. Um, yeah, did my usual trip. Went up, saw Matt and the guys at uh, Kate Wickham. Played uh, thirty six holes there, and then bumped. Uh, ended up playing with a, a few people. Um, Charlie, I think his name was Charlie. Um, just who's over there on holidays, um, played with him and his family for the final, say, six or seven holes of my second round. Um, just just such a special place to go, especially when you get good weather, a little bit like Barnboogle. If you get down there and you get very bad wind or rain, it's pretty tough. But when you cop a day like I did for both days, it's pretty special. Um, very, very, very delightful to play off the, you know, the daily, effectively the back tees and not really have to struggle too much. It was really nice. Really good conditions. Course was in great nick. Um, and then your day two, Ocean Dunes was the same. Um, nobody out there for my first 18 holes, except for that snake on the second 18, I guess. Um, nice and quiet. One air adventure group down there. A few boys from um, from Perth and Wagga were down there for a 
think it was the dad's, I want to say, 60th. Um, big group of, um, I think it was 16 guys they were playing, four groups. Um, they were having a bit of fun. And then I did what I've been told to do every time I go to King Island and never do, outside I go to the cheese shop. Oh, and you, that was, you went to the other course. You went to I did. Curry, uh, go, Curry GC. I went to the King Island Golf Club. Yes, the King Island Golf and Bowls Club. Um, and it was it was worth going to and seeing. Um, it, I've took a couple of different little photos, which I'll post on uh, Twitter. Did you, play, um, did you play or just go and checked it out? No, I went and played. Yeah. I went and played. I, I was pretty tired, as you can imagine, because I'd already played. I'd played 36 at Wickham and then 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And then I got up the next day and played 36, and then I went and walked nine at this course. Because it's a, it's a funny little course because I didn't know anything about it before I got there, King Island Golf Club. It's right in the middle of town. Um, and you get there, and I expected to, to walk up to the pro shop and say, can I have a cart because I'm, I've played a 1,000 golf holes and I'm going to be tired. And there's a QR code that says, if you want to play golf and you haven't made a booking, pay here. <laughs> so I scanned the QR code and paid me 50 bucks. Um, and I got a buggy and started walking and, um, very hilly, very, very hilly terrain. Um, you know, more than, more than what I was expecting. It's down right on the coastline. Um, but it's quite different. So it's nine holes, but there, sorry, it's an 18 hole course, but with 12 greens and really only nine holes. So you're crossing over a little bit. It was quite interesting. Like the first hole, I stood on the tee box. And I can see where the tee box is pointing me. And I can see like a metal driving marker X down like 300 meters away. And I'm like, I'm guessing that's where I've got to hit it. <laughs> I didn't, don't really know. And um, uh, this bloke just happened to be walking up the hill. I said, is that that sign the target? He goes, yeah, about the green's about. 20 meters right of that but some big trees on the right so I didn't go into that quite that so I just whacked one at the sign and clobbered it and I get down there and then there's this big soup bowl of a green that I sort of had to chip down into and it's quite quite cool but the actual fairway for the first wasn't a fairway so it was like you were it's almost like saying right here's a tee box and the green's down there and then there's two fairways that are crossing over you in the opposite direction <laughs> but you're going to walk straight across those fairways down to that green it, it was very very odd but a bit funky and cool. Um, then it sort of dropped down towards the water and it was pretty more, much more laid out. Um, after a couple of days of playing golf, it was a tough walk. Um, but, yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. Um, bit, I'd be interested to go and play the full 18 and see how it works because it crosses over because there's a couple of greens I wouldn't have seen because there are 12 greens, as I said. Um, but, yeah, it was good fun. I think it was 75 bucks for 18 or 55 for 9 yeah, that's good value. Um, where did you stay? Pub? Started the pub, Paris, yep. Always the same pub uh -huh. in the middle of town. Um, Men upstairs. Menu? Last meals are eight. Menu? Oh, unbelievable menu. It was it was actually Palmer night, but so but I didn't I wasn't in for a Palmer, so I just had um had a lamb shank actually. It was very, very good. But they also do a lobster, um, or is it crayfish? I want either. Um, but you gotta pre order. Yeah. And um the thing, the people, the table, there, were, there were probably ten other tables in the in the bistro, and two of them had pre-ordered. And this thing was enormous; it was a massive. There's three of them getting into it. It was it was enormous. It was it made me almost want to try and get one myself next time I'm down there. If you haven't been to King Island, um, not only is it the capital for 
King Island's cheese, but uh, it's the capital of crayfish um, and mm. high quality crayfish. So there's a lot of wealthy crayfish crayfishermen mm. uh, down there. You see the big boats the, out there pulling the pots up. That's it. There was one in the bay. Um, at Wickham went all day when I was, he was looking for looking for crays there. And um, so in the, the bay, the, in, in the bay, like on the 18th, that in, the in, cove, in yeah, there, Victoria Cove, pulling, yeah. pulling pots up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the pie store or the, the bakery next door to the pub. They, they're open. The, the best, and then I'm just giving everyone the tips about going to King Island. But the best part about staying at the pub is the first thing in the morning, all you want is coffee. And I mean, I've been to country towns, I've been to cities around Australia where at six o'clock in the morning, when you're up to play golf, you can't get a coffee. This bakery is open at 6 a.m. I think maybe it opens at five o'clock in the morning. You walk in there, the espresso machine's on, there's always something made, there's pies ready to go if you want them headed up. But they make a crayfish and camembert pie, I think it is, without camembert, and local crays. And it is like people, they, they sell them frozen so you can take them back to back to the mainland. That's, that's the ultimate King Island represent pie, <laughs> crayfish, yeah. camembert exactly. and crayfish pie. That's uh, it. I'm hungry now. Um, very good. Mike, if there's nothing else that we need to cover off, uh, once again, we've filled up an hour with uh, chit-chat. We've got some episodes coming out, as I mentioned there last week, so just working out when we'll schedule those in because we want to give them maximum airtime. Uh, but a couple of big ones coming straight up. Um, probably put those in, maybe one this week, Thursday. Just got to see how time-wise that goes. But, um, yeah, we've got plenty more coming. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, we do appreciate all of your support, all of your listenership. And, uh, again, get your tips of tips in. But, again, we're looking forward to a massive 2023 and doing a few things different. It hasn't sounded so different in a couple of weeks, but we will get into a cadence and we'll get back out there playing some golf together and uh, doing some fun stuff, maybe back in the simulators and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. See you, Mike. Thanks for joining. Thanks, mate. We'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you.